So we're we're a Christian um, group of guys, and we're all followers of Christ. And I do want to talk a little bit about this. And I look up, and he's trying to click the camera on, and I go 72 yards. My strategy was completely different. I east got in these areas, and I knew the terrain features I wanted to hunt. These smaller bucks start hitting it, and then the older age class deer start hitting it. I think our deer are home at bigger ranges than we want to admit, just I, because of the more pressure. I 100% agree. I think that I would rather use a scrape line because I imagine that there's more bucks hitting a scrape line because the line's longer. <laughs> <laughs> Elevated sets are great. Um, different cameras respond different to them because what a lot of people don't understand is it's not a uh, motion sensor that set these cameras off. Wrap it up, Kevy. Send us home, baby. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Born Again Bowhunting Podcast. Shoo! Here in Ohio, it's currently gun week. Um, the Orange Army. Orange Army is out thick. I've been watching on some Facebook posts and stuff, and like people are angry about it because you know they're chasing off their deer doing these deer drives. Uh, the total number of deer harvested from opening day is down substantially. Is that true? Did you true? see that? No, I didn't see I that. I did not look at it, but it's like, I think it was like 19,000 was harvested this year in like 39,000 or something. Last year? La- la- 2010. God. So, a, you know, a pretty big jump in year, but gotcha. I mean, huge amount of deer. I'd say weather has a lot to do with it too, because it's, it was... It's cold. It's miserable. degrees yeah. and windy. And, and, you know, like not to... I mean, there's a lot of, you know, guys that go out during gun season that are hardcore, but yeah. I would say the average guys are just, you know... Just weekend warriors, you know, go out when they can, and, yep. and that weather probably turned most people away. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go sit. And even even if you took weather. off the opener to go hunting, like, if you woke up and it was 18 degrees and, and uh, like, a 20-mile-an-hour wind, I mean, that was cold. I sat yeah. out there till noon, and it was freezing I mean, cold. I would sit all day in that, in person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, you, I mean, we all understand that, you know, sometimes people just don't have the gear, or they just don't have the the mindset, or maybe they don't have the property. And and of course, like if if you don't know what you're chasing, I mean, I wouldn't want us to go out there and sit all day for just a blind sit. You know, just I mean, yeah. So I would say that weather had a lot to do with that because I don't think the deer numbers are down personally, unless you think so. No, maybe maybe just a little bit since then, but I mean. It's so hard to remember back to like 2010 sitting in the deer stand. Yeah, for me at least. Like, I mean, yeah, I was you can go off school. of a, a year or two years prior, but like, you know, over 10 years ago, that makes it hard to think yeah. back of the deer numbers. Yeah, and chances are most most people aren't even hunting like the same farm from 10 years ago. No, you know, I so, mean, if you're lucky. Yeah, I mean, but most people, you nowadays, you're lucky to have a farm for two or three years before you lose it. Yeah. It's just how it is unless you pay for it or you know somebody yeah you know and like um yeah it's, it's just the deer numbers it's hard to to um compare yeah. different farms <clears throat> and different locations in the state and everything else no, i agree i agree but well before we get into it i guess before we uh keep on rambling on about this let's uh give them the old ad read give them some ads yeah give you guys uh, some discount codes yeah so I know um, for um, Dark Knight Outdoors, a lot of guys after gun season kind of transition to coyote hunting. Yep. And it's a great time to to stock up on some stuff that maybe you don't have, maybe you want. It's on your wish list. Well, we got a couple codes to help you save you some money. So on any kind of optic, if you go to Dark Knight Outdoors and 
The promo code is capital BA23. That'll save you some money on optics. And capital BA23A will save you all on some accessories at the website. So yep. use that at checkout. Um, save you some cash. Might help you yep. add a few more things to your cart, saving some money. Yeah, yeah. So next we'll go to Premier Outdoors. You guys know them. You guys love them. We love them. Um, Premier is doing a bow giveaway with us right now. We have partnered with them to give away one of the new Matthews mm-hmm. lifts. Um, of your choice, whether it's 29, 33, color, whatever, specs, draw length, you know, we'll fit it to whatever you want it to be. Um, that giveaway is actually, will this air tomorrow? This yes. podcast? Okay, good. That giveaway will air Friday. So when you listen to this, it'll be tomorrow, Friday. Uh, a couple of us are going to go down to Premiere and do it in-house and, and, and do a drawing. So yeah. the rules of the giveaway are, as stated, follow us, follow Premiere, tag three buddies in the comment now the original post both pages premiere outdoors and our page on instagram we have that post pinned mm-hmm. to the top of our feed it's the very first post you'll see on either so, instagram page. Yep, one of the employees from premiere is holding the bow uh there's a black little subtitle at the bottom that says like bow giveaway or something like that that is the post to enter check that out um really don't need to say anything more it's just if you want to win a bow head over there it was a great opportunity for it's a great opportunity for anyone that you know yeah there's still plenty of opportunity to to tag some buddies and and like both pages and and win the bow so i was looking at it um you know granted this would be a little bit of work but it's twelve hundred dollar or fourteen hundred dollar bow yeah so there's a thousand comments on that post and one person's gonna win Mm -hmm. so if you go and comment a hundred times if you tag three people three different people a hundred times, you have a 10% chance of winning a bow. Yeah. I mean, so instead of uh, scrolling through the reels, why don't you just go over there and tag a couple buddies? Yeah. Go through your whole friends list if you have yeah, to. Yeah, seriously. People you've never even talked to. Yeah. <laughs> just like start tagging people. But, I got uh, tagged by somebody I don't know today. Really? Yeah. And like, they don't they don't follow us at all. Huh? So I don't know. Well. Maybe they are now. They better be now if they want to win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's Premiere. Uh, we will get you guys a code soon uh, with the holidays. And uh, Johnny was running his Black Friday sale. They were super busy. Yeah. So just be a little bit patient with that. But if you guys want a in-house code for anything, um, excluding firearms and bows, uh, we will have that code for you by request. If you just shoot us a message on Instagram or Facebook, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get that taken care of for you. Um, lastly, we have WiseEye. And um, Wise Eye is a camera that we've been using for, I've been using for last two or three years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love them. We have a bunch in the field. Um, knock on wood, we have no problems. And yeah. if we do have an occasional problem, their customer service is top notch. Like they just take care of you, no questions asked. Call them up. If they can't fix it over the phone, they'll send you a new one. Yeah. Just great guys. Um, the code for that is born again, all lowercase, and that'll save you 10% at checkout. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and take advantage of that. And hopefully that saves you guys some money. Yeah. And they are still running a little bit of a deal on some cameras right now. I think yeah, they're running a couple more Friday. days. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the date is, but it was a couple more days yet when this airs. So if you want to save some money, now's the time. I definitely. think they're running what, like a bundle deal, right? Like a solar panel and a and a data and a, cam. And a data cam. That was one of them. But yeah. I think just the data cam was on sale too. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Do they so, still have the minis on sale? Do you know? I didn't go on their website and look. I, I couldn't tell you for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. Go go check them out, guys, because yeah. obviously we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
All right, so tonight it's just me and Kev. Um, Cromer's still taking care of, of his baby. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't want name drop in case he didn't want me to. Sorry about that, Chrome. But uh, <laughs> he Cromer's taking care of his, his newborn, and, and Jarrett is uh, taking care of some family stuff tonight as well. So it's just me and Kev. Yep. But uh, we got a good one for you. I may or may not have uh, missed one of my target bucks. And uh, if anybody was watching the story um, on Friday after Thanksgiving, I kind of gave like a quick 30-second spiel before I drove off of a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why you're in a different vehicle tonight? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But um, we can get into that a little bit. We can talk a little bit about gun hunting. We can just BS for a little bit. Who knows what we'll get into on this podcast. But yeah. Where do you want to go with it, Kevin? Well, do you want to start out with your story? Yeah, I can. Um, so, uh, I I want to keep it honest with everybody. I want to I want to keep it one hundred percent real with you guys. There's no ands, ifs, or buts. There's no making it look better no, than what it was. Yeah, no smoke and mirrors here. No, it's all. It's, I mean, we're just like everybody else yeah. out there. So I missed a hundred and sixty inch deer at twenty five yards. And ooh, ah, everybody listening to this is just like, ouch. And I feel that. And before you hardcore judge me, um, I want to say that it's 100% my fault. I'm not going to blame anybody besides myself. But there were some things that I definitely learned from this experience. And I'm hoping that maybe this experience will maybe uh, help somebody else in the near future. Because Mm -hmm. it is becoming that late season grind. And I can promise you it ain't going to get any warmer. Nope. So um, maybe learn from my experiences and, and do with what you may. But long story short, uh, Thursday after Thanksgiving, um, went over to my in-laws, um, on, obviously on the wife's side. We had Thanksgiving uh, dinner, or excuse, I should say lunch, kind of er- ended kind of early. And we're all getting to that age where it's like we got like seven different Thanksgivings to go Heck, to. Yeah. So it's like you got to spend a couple hours here, and then you got to bounce to the next one, and then you got to bounce to the next one. So and you better eat something at each yeah. one, or you or, get or the you dirty get look. At, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, long story short, a lot of people were leaving um, the Thanksgiving lunch, and my wife and I just kind of looked at each other and we're like, "Well, you want to hang out, or you know?" And my wife was, she's just like, "No, I, I kind of want to spend the evening with you. Let, let's just go home." It was fine with me. So we left and. Uh, I said, well, if it's all right with you, I'd like to go to the woods tonight. Um, it was probably about 2.30 when we got home. And uh, in Ohio, legal's around 5.30, give or take, depending on the day. And she's like, well, I want to go hunting with you. And immediately, I just like jaw hit the floor. I'm like, you want to go <laughs> hunting with me? And I looked at the temperature, and it was it was not a cold day. It was probably like mid-40s. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I'm like, well, if you're wanting to go, tonight's the night because time, like yeah. deer might be moving and it's not going to be 20 degrees. And and I'm like, I don't have any ground blinds set up. I don't have any box blinds. Like you guys know that we don't hunt that way. Everything's mm-hmm. hanging bang. Every time I go in, I hang a saddle unless I'm hunting like a, run, a rut pinch that I have a permanent stand in somewhere. But like, unless it's, you know, a rut pinch, I'm not. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, well, our options are, to either sit on the ground next to a big tree and get busted because there's no cover in this little woods mm-hmm. that I'm in or that I wanted to go to, or we get you in a saddle. And she's like, 
I'll get in a saddle. So I'm like, okay. So I spent the next 30 minutes just running around the house. Digging like, out your old... Panicking. Yeah. <laughs> like, just because everything's just like shoved away in a closet. Yeah. Found me, a, you know, a tether, found me a the um the covert light found me some sticks found me some platforms and like i was just like all right let's get you fitted got her fitted she has some camo that i bought her um caitlin uh, moss was running a sale Mm -hmm. and her and i um her and i as in my wife and i bought a bunch of camo for her when she was doing that 50 percent off thing so she had some nice gear and so i didn't have to give her any old camo it was just it was just trophy Mm -hmm. line saddles that i had to find so we get her all rigged up and we go to the woods and she, I only went up, <clears throat> I only went up two sticks, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, so that puts your feet roughly like 10, 10 feet, 10, 12 feet. Yeah. Yeah. If that, I did have my aider on the bottom stick. So, I mean, we might've been like 12, yeah. 13, but like I didn't stretch them. Yeah. And like, I made sure that it was a nice, easy tree to climb and like, mm-hmm. she, <laughs> she gets to the, she, she I, I climb up first. And I wanted to be in the tree so like I could hang on to her while yep. she while she steps onto the platform and get her all tied in and everything. So she um she gets to the top stick. And you know how you have to transition from like the handle of the stick to like the back of the tree? Yep. And then you gotta climb up the rest of the way. Well, she's like, Well, what do I do from here? <laughs> and I said, Well, just grab my hand and I'll pull you up. She's like, Well, uh, where do I grab? I'm like, just bear hug the tree and like She's like, well, we're so high up. <laughs> and I'm like, Shayna, I was like, we're 10 foot off the ground. Like, if you fall, it's just going to hurt. Like, yeah. nothing, you're not going to break anything. And, uh, you know, unless you land awkwardly. I'm sure right. I'm sure you could do something, but it's not life-threatening. We're 10 foot off the ground. And uh, she's like, well, I, 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 you know, so I literally just, like, grabbed her, picked her up, and, like, <laughs> set her in the platform. And I'm like, tie in. So I tied her in. Got her all set up, and she was afraid to sit in the saddle for yeah, the longest time. Yeah. Like she would just stand there and like lean against the tree. And I'm like, "You can sit down." And she's like, "I'm just not sure about it." She's like, "We're so high up." Yeah. She's like, "We're thirty foot in the air." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, Shayna, we're two sticks <laughs> off the ground." I was like, "We're not thirty foot in the air." She goes, "It looks like it." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, we're ten foot off the ground. I promise you, we're ten foot off the ground." And. uh so finally, throughout the night, she gets comfortable. And I will say, I'm not sure why. I should probably go back and like check um, weather patterns or something. Mm-hmm. We saw so, so many, many stinking deer, dude. She's your good luck charm. And I'm, it, I don't know if it was a godsend thing. It could have been just a good experience because yeah. like we saw ten bucks and like probably five or six different does and like. We were sitting over a cut bean field and I wanted somewhere where we could see a long ways mm-hmm. and like that way there'd be a better chance for her to see something. Right. And um, the deer that I missed, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. I let my wife name all of my target deer. I just mm-hmm. think it's something cool that her and I have got going on. So she's named this deer Whiskers. He's a real old son of a gun that literally looks like Whiskers. Like if you could imagine Whiskers in your head, that's what this old boy looks yeah. like. Just old and beat up. He's got a little goatee on his yeah. end of his chin. And yeah, he yeah. just looks kind of like that. And um, I told her, I was like, well, this is where Whiskers is. You know, there might be a chance. I said, but in the three years of me hunting him, the property that I have access to is very small. I, I'm limited to property lines like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just luck of the draw. Right. We might see him, we might not, but odds are we probably not because I've never seen him in person. And... uh 
that night, he was one of the last year to come out into the field. And it was one of those nights that the moon was real bright. So he popped out and she actually, dude, and here's another thing that frustrates me <laughs> with like work and stuff. And you'll probably relate to this. My hearing is not as good as I wish it was just from right. running power tools and just like using a hammer, just yeah, making noise all the time, shooting yeah. guns, like as a guy who works with his hands and has grown up, you know, shooting guns and stuff at a younger age, I didn't wear hearing protection all always. And, it, and I regret it. I really do. Yeah. And my hearing's not what it should be. And I'm not joking, dude. She would hear deer before we would see them. Like, she'd be like, hey, there's a, I, I hear something walking. I mean, Kevin, I'm talking like a hundred yards. Yeah. And you're like, and I'm you're like, crazy. I'm like, there's probably a squirrel or I'm something. I'm like, there's no way you're yeah. hearing these deer walk. And then no joke. She's like, I hear it over there. And, you know, she'd point. I hear it. Dude, minutes later, here comes a doe yeah. out of the field. And I'm like, How? she's like, I could hear it. So I'm like, my hearing is shot, obviously, because <laughs> like I can't hear a deer until they're at 40 yards from me. And at that point, you're probably trying to listen really hard for them, and like that doesn't work either. No, like because it makes it worse. Things, yeah, yeah, that aren't even there. Yeah. So, and I know, I I just admit it. Like I truly don't have the greatest hearing, mm -hmm. and you know, when I get older, I'll probably have to wear hearing aids or something. Like I've truly done some damage that I truly regret, and. uh so she, I mean, I, at this point in time, I wasn't doing much because she'd be like, all right, here, here comes another. So like she heard those bucks, there was him and three other bucks step out of the field and she heard them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she's like, Hey, I, I think I see a big buck. And it was just like maybe 10 minutes before legal. And I was telling her like the rules and stuff. Like we gotta, we gotta stop hunting at yeah. half hour after sunset I pulled up the weather app, looked at seeing when our sunset was setting, and I'm like, this isn't perfect. Technically, you should go off of the DNR mm -hmm. um, time, time time zone, stamp, but I said, yes. this will get us within a couple minutes, and as long as we you know, hang it up by then, we're, we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So I was teaching her how to do all that, and like 10 minutes before legal, these bucks stepped out, and I was ready to pack up because like there was deer out in the field, but they were you know, 100, 150 yards, and I'm like, I don't really want them working towards us and then us getting stuck in the tree. Right. And it, so I was just like telling her that, like, let's get down. Plus you want to get down too with there's a little bit extra light with the- <laughs> Here's you know, the other thing I nice. forgot. I forgot my headlamp because <laughs> it was charging on my counter. Yeah. So like in the, in the chaos of, hey, I want to go hunting with you, I completely just assumed that everything was packed in my mm -hmm. bag. So I didn't grab anything for me. I just grabbed everything from her, for her. Yeah. And it was just like, let's go. So while we were in the tree, I remember reaching into one of my pockets where my headlamp normally lives. She wasn't living there. And then I remembered it was on the counter. So I told her, I was like, uh, I'd like to get down a little early just so you can see. Right. And like, you know, <laughs> I don't have a headlamp. Long story short, that didn't happen. <laughs> and uh, Whiskers came out in the field at like 80 yards in this bean field. And with the moonlight, we—I mean, you—you you could see him. you could see him with your naked eye at eighty yards yeah. at five thirty. Long story short, we were in the tree till six thirty. Um, he and the mother bucks fed into about sixty, and the whole time she's like telling me to shoot this deer, and I kept telling her like it's after legal. Yeah. And if I had, if I didn't have morals, or if I wasn't a honest person, Kevin. You you could, you could have shot that deer six times yeah. with how bright it was with the moon and everything. And I kept telling her, I'm like, it's after legal. I'm not shooting it. It's after legal. I even turned my camera on. And because of the moonlight being so bright, I, could, could, see him him in, I could see him in my camera. 
That's crazy. And I'm like, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do this. Like, obviously I want to do everything legit. And, uh, long story short, after I've said that about 10 times already, <laughs> the, uh, he wasn't leaving. And this is the first time I've ever seen this deer in person. Three years of history. This is the smallest he's ever been. So he's definitely going downhill. downhill. He was probably four and a half, five and a half when I first found him. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, truly, I don't even know how old this deer is, but he's going downhill. And, uh, I didn't want to booger him because, like I said, the first time I've ever seen deer in the field. Right. So I, I was so mad at her. I was like, hey, I'm going to howl like a coyote and I might do a couple like dog barks or something like that. See if I can clear this field out. Yeah. So I howled like a coyote and howling like a coyote when you're under pressure to howl like a coyote (laughs) is a little different than like just screwing around in the yard. Yeah. Cause like I had to think about it for a minute. I'm like, okay, how do I, you know, I was like, and then I did it kind of quiet, like in my, in my head, like underneath my. Well, and it's not something you do all the time either. So it's like, like, yeah, not, not natural for you. And when this old boy's at 60 yards, I'm like, man, I really don't want to do this, but like, we got to get out of the tree. And so I kind of just like turned my head and kind of muffled it as best as I could and gave one and. Um, he just stood there and looked at us, like at our direction. But we were in this little pocket of woods, like he couldn't like pin us completely. Mm-hmm. And it was dark enough where, like, I mean, it's six thirty at night. It's an hour after sunset. Yeah. Like it's not. So then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start barking like a dog. So I barked like a dog a couple times, and apparently it was funny to Shayna because she <laughs> she starts laughing and she's like, that ain't no dog. And I'm like, please, for the love of God, I said, shut up. Because <laughs> she's like, she's like trying to, like she's holding it, to in, hold it in, laughing. Yeah, and this deer's standing at 60 yards. <laughs> the deer that I've, been, that I've been hunting for three years, dude. And I'm like, please do not laugh. I'm like, this is serious. Did you get any of this on film? No. <laughs> oh, man. So, so... Um, um, little little did she know that like clearing a field like she she's she's been around hunting she's been around deer because mm-hmm. obviously you know my passion and everything mm-hmm. but it's like she didn't understand that he won't associate that with human pressure and like she thought I was just trying to get him out of there yeah and I kept telling her like please stop laughing and apparently my dog bark wasn't good enough but he he eventually worked off and it was so funny. Like all the other deer scrammed from the coyote howl. And I started barking at him like a dog. And uh he he went out to like a hundred yards on the edge of the field, made a scrape, postured up, and then just like walked into the woods. Huh. You and think I'm, he was just showing the other deer like, hey, I'm the dominant deer here. Like I'm not afraid of I this. I don't know. It was a weird and it was a weird experience because yeah. I at a hundred yards I could see him with my binos yeah. pretty clear honestly with yeah. the, like I said with the moonlight he went over made a scrape I gave him about fifteen minutes after he went into the woods thinking like he's far enough away mm-hmm. her and I climbed down and we got out of there and I kept telling her I'm like the reason why I did that was because they're gonna not they're not gonna associate if we would have just climbed down out of the tree without making a noise, without doing something, yeah. like he's just going to immediately associate that with with danger. Right. And I said, but if we get him out of the field with a coyote howl, you know, he's going to associate that with coyotes, obviously. So the next day was Friday. I took off of work. Um, uh, at work, they made it optional. They said, you know, we don't really care if you take off. You'll have to use a vacation day, but if you have enough hours, like, you know, you know how mm-hmm. that works. So like at that point in time, I had plenty. I think I was at 40... 44 hours or something. So I'm like, I don't even need to use a vacation day, but I'll take off. So I took off Friday and uh, 
just checking time because I got to go to work tonight. <laughs> Went in there, didn't hunt in the, did I hunt in the morning? Yeah, I think I did hunt in the morning at a different property. Didn't have much, much luck. Went in there that night and uh, here he comes. One of the first deer out in the field, which was the strangest thing in the world. And I've noticed, I've noticed something before I jump into this. I've noticed that a mature buck will do something twice, but he will never do it three times in a row. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer in that, at least from my experiences. And these are hunting, this is pressured deer. This ain't no, this ain't no grandpa's property that's 800 acres that nobody else can hunt. Mm-hmm. This is pressured deer, small wood lots, lots of partials, lots of pressure, lots of neighboring corn piles. And here he comes out into this bean field, secluded bean field. And I remember thinking like, man, why are you the first deer out here? This is making me nervous Mm -hmm. because when there's other deer out in the field, like it calms them down the whole time he was on pins and needles. And he was, he came out in, uh, maybe a hundred yards from where he came out the night before, basically based off of wind, he switched his bedding. And after looking at it on a map, it made a lot of sense to me, but where he came out, I don't have access to, I only have access to the bean field and then, um, like a small partial woods. He comes in to 25 yards. And during this process, he came out about mm, 4.45 and he got to 20 yards or 25 yards at uh, about 5.20. So half hour, maybe a little bit more, 35 minutes, 40 minutes of my bow in one hand. Mm Mm-hmm. And me running the camera with my other hand. And there was there was probably a couple of times where I probably could have put my hand in my pocket, but I just chose not to because I was just trying to film as but as much as I can. And when you got a deer like that, you're you're not really thinking the clearest. You're just trying to kill him. Yeah. And the whole time I kept telling myself, if you can draw on this deer, you can kill him. But I said, You have to be careful of when you draw. Because as the night was as the sun was going down, the wind was also getting a lot calmer, as it usually does. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, it's 20 degrees, and it was a big cold front that came through. And I'm like, your your bow's going to make a noise, your clothes are going to make a noise, something. So, yeah. like, I was more paranoid about drawing than I was anything else. I knew that if he came my direction, there'd be a good chance that I'd get a crack at him, which he started to come my direction. And there's like an outside corner of this field that they always work around. And I'm like, I can, if he comes this way, I'll get a good shot at him. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I don't wear, or I haven't said this yet. I don't wear any gloves because I shoot a thumb button and I just don't like the feeling of a lot of extra padding around my bow hand and I don't like the feeling of a big bulky glove Mm -hmm. in my release hand so I've always just kept my hands in my pocket or I'll carry a muff with me yep keep them in my muff and then when it's time to shoot I'll pull them out five minutes of being in the cold you can handle that well I made a lot of mistakes I need to I need to talk I'm gonna keep this try to keep this as short as possible I'm sorry guys this is kind of dragging on but it's all part of the story uh, last, the weekend before Thanksgiving, there's a 130 inch eight point, And I don't even think I ever told anybody this Mm-mm. that's in there. And I wanted to get a crack at him as in like, I wanted to see what he looked like on hoof. I seen what he looked at on hoof at 10 yards. <laughs> and this all ties into the same story. He came out and worked the same thing that that buck did. 
And I did not have my release on my bow. And I remember thinking, he's decent as he's coming in. This is for the eight point. This is the eight point. Okay. Yeah. This is the weekend before Thanksgiving, 130 inch eight point that I was getting on camera. I wanted to see him in person to Mm -hmm. see, like I wanted to make that choice in Mm -hmm. person. So he's coming in and I decide to grab my bow I'm still looking at him. I'm still filming and I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of season left. I'm hunting one of the biggest typicals I've ever had the opportunity to hunt. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe, maybe I should wait for a special deer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he gets to like 40 yards. He's coming right at me. So then some things crossed my mind. Like, well, maybe we've talked about this in the past. Like maybe God sends something that maybe you're not a hundred percent wanting, but maybe that's meant to be. So I started questioning it. Like, well, maybe this is what God wants me to kill. So I kind of said a quick prayer and I'm like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Just let me know. Yeah. Basically. And all this happened in seconds. So the deer walks in, and I'm like, I can't pass a 10-yard shot. I'm like, this is all on camera. So I'm like, okay, that's my sign. I pull my release out of my pocket, and I go to move the camera, and my release hits my fluid head and goes, tink, and the deer is at 10 yards. Yeah. And he just freezes, and he stops. And he pinwheels me in the tree, and he doesn't. He's a three-year-old. He's not a, he's not a mature deer. He stops, looks at me, and he, he kind of like takes off. Uh, not bad. Just like a couple bounds. Just a couple bounds, stops, looks back, flicks his tail, and just kind of walks off. I could have shot him at like 60 yards as he was walking away, but I just, at that point in time, I was like, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. That was the sign that I needed. That clink in the release yeah. was, that wasn't meant to be. Thank you, good Lord, you know? And uh, so after that, I have always kept my release in my pocket because it gets so cold sitting on the string. Mm-hmm. After that, I was like, well, I learned my lesson. Clink on the bow yep. the next day. And I just left it on my D-loop the whole time. Well, maybe not lesson learned because when you sit in the tree for three or four hours, that release become, with it being stainless steel, that release becomes the outside temperature. Yeah. So it was tw- mid-20s that day. Mm-hmm. So my release was probably that cold, being stainless. And I remember like... Like I said, back now we're rewinding or we're fast forwarding to um, whiskers. whiskers. So he's coming in. He's at 25 yards, bow in one hand, release on bow. Mm-hmm. Other hand, my right hand, felt working the camera. And remember, guys, I've had my hands out for, let's say, let's just say like half hour. Minutes, yeah. They're both extremely cold. Winds coming out of the north. I'm sitting on the edge of a bean field. There's no wind cover. I mean, I'm getting beat up. Mm-hmm. I kept telling myself, if you can draw on him, you can kill him. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. And he's just feeding, just doing his thing. Kind of makes a big circle, comes around. And uh, he's probably within 25 yards for a couple minutes, but I kept waiting for the right opportunity. Had pressure kind of on the bow. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, he whips his head around completely away from me, ears pinned completely away from me, and he's looking the direction he came. Another deer was stepping out in the woods or out of the field. So I pull my bow back as slow as I can because I didn't want to rip it back and him hear that. So I just like as slow as I could. And in the video, you can see me like almost struggling to get it back because I was just trying so slow. 
and the whole time I'm praying, like, please get it back, please get it back, please get it back. Because I was seven, I think I did the math the other day, I was seven for seven on bucks if I could draw on them, not including the one I hit in Indiana because that was equipment failure. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't get him, but, like, I still made the shot. It was just whatever happened with equipment. So I was seven for seven. If I could draw my bow back, they're dead. Now, I have been busted a bunch by mature deer drawing on them. Mm -hmm. Just bad timing or, like, they'll catch me moving or they'll hear something. So I get it back, and I'm like, oh, boy, you are in trouble. And <laughs> I remember I remember feeling, like, at full draw, I remember feeling awkward with my release hand. I'm like, man, your hand is cold. And I remember thinking, like, wow, your hand is cold. Like, almost to the point of, like, not being able to feel your release and... I remember telling myself, and all this, you know, it's like slow motion. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's all happened within seconds, but in, in your mind, it felt like minutes. Yeah. I remember telling myself, like, you better be careful with your barrel of the thumb. So your barrel is like your trigger of your thumb button. And I'm like, because you shoot such a hot button, and I've modified mine to be even more hot because <laughs> I put a lot of leverage on it. I'm like, you better be careful. So... All this goes through my mind. I'm completely, like, I'm okay. Like, I'm not nervous. One, And this is something I haven't even mentioned. Like, I don't know why. I never once got shook. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I just went to kill mode. And I was like, this thing's dead. Yeah. Not like an, not like an arrogant confidence, just but just like a confidence in myself that like, if you can get your bow back, that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Get your bow back. If you can do that, he's dead. Yeah. As soon as I got it back, like, Everything just like, I just went like, my emotions just went numb. And it was just like, all right, bury this thing. Yep. So I remember looking down my peep. And in the process of drawing my bow, I kind of pointed this at the direction of the deer, but I'm not like anchored. I'm not in anything. I remember my hand feeling numb. I remember reaching for my barrel of my thumb button. I remember reaching for it a couple times. And finally, I find it. And I remember... I'm like, okay, just barely touch it. So I remember wrapping my thumb around the barrel, and I'm like, okay, you're good. Didn't go off. Like, you're fine. So <laughs> this is where it gets dicey. I look down my peep, and I'm just just below him, maybe a foot and a half below him. And I'm like, okay, just bring it up. And he's quartering to me. So honestly, I was just going to put it right between Right between his neck and his his right shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. I was going to bury it in there. And I shot that doe. I know this is a doe. Their body structure and bone structure is a little different, but I blew through her scapula and completely shattered um, her opposite side leg bone bone the week or two before. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm confident in my arrow setup. I'm confident in my bow. It's like 600 grain arrow, 75 pounds. Like this thing's just going to rip through him. And I, I go and I'm at full draw, like I said, I'm looking down my peep. I'm like, just bring it up, foot and a half, 25 yards, put my 20-yard pinch tad high, send it. <laughs> as I'm re- or as I'm lifting my bow up with my bow arm, boom, the bow goes off. And in the video, you guys will be able to see it. The whole time I'm like, no, 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 no. Because I, obviously the bow went off early. And I'm not sure why as like a spiritual thing i'm not sure why it happened but obviously god has a plan and that deer was not a part of his plan Mm -hmm. i've told a lot of good buddies this um that same advice i've told a lot of people this year like hey Mm -hmm. 
God has a plan for you. Keep, you know, keep on trucking. Yep. But, you know, he's got a plan. And and not to say that, I don't want to say like I, I'm eating my own words because it's it's not, it's not like that. It's just, I'm now put in that situation where I have to trust his process. And I remember shooting, the arrow completely misses him, clean miss, shoots like a foot and a half underneath him. And deer has no idea what happened, ran off to like 80, 90 yards, stopped, looks around, like has no clue. Kind of just like nervously kind of, you know, they nervously like kind of just walk, kind of swinging their head back and forth, looking, walks back into the timber. (sighs) In the past, I would, I would have been very upset and I would have probably said some choice words and I would have threw my bow out of the tree and, and blamed everyone except myself. And for the first time, I took it on the chin, and I really did take it on the chin and said, all right, it's your fault, Matt. Like, nobody else to blame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your bow went off early, but who's to blame you? You didn't have a glove on. You didn't keep your hand warm. You didn't, Mm -hmm. like, that's your fault. Deer, you've been hunting for three years. I mean, probably a seven and a half, eight and a half year old deer at, you know, at at the earliest, I would say, or at the youngest, I should say. Yeah. And, like, you screwed up. First time I've ever, second time I've ever seen him in person. First time I've ever had him in bow range. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why? But then I just got kind of got like this peace about myself. And I'm just like, hey, wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe this experience is a learning experience for somebody else. Maybe, maybe I need to struggle this whole year for somebody else. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe there's somebody listening out there that's like, doesn't have the opportunities and like he needs to hear that story or he needs to know that hey i'll be out there grinding with you yeah because you know (laughs) it's just it wasn't meant to be it's not it's not in the cards and he did end up coming back in the field um there was actually a deer that worked behind me that i've never seen before i thought it was him coming back around to scent check what Mm -hmm. what what scared him yep and I just kind of glassed real quick in the woods that I was in, and probably a hundred and forty inch deer. But I, it was it was getting dark, mm-hmm. and I just seen a rack and a frame, and I'm like, oh, that's him. And he smelt me and took off, and I'm like, that smart son of a gun. Yeah. And uh, this was before he came out in the field, and then like ten minutes later, he steps out in the field. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not, that wasn't him. But he came back out. He's been on camera. He's been feeding that bean field, but he's he he kept slowly slowly closer and closer and closer to daylight and then he finally daylighted and then now he's back to like two three in the morning yeah so oh boy he he's been shot at once or twice and he knows what happened but well he doesn't get to be that old without having yeah. some kind of encounter and relating it to humans you yeah. know yeah so he he knows what happened and unfortunately it's just not meant to be and you know my other deer really i always have a hard time like transitioning from like mid November to like, eh, I'd say mid mid December. I have a hard time transitioning. I'll find them uh, mid December, but like that transition, especially around gun season time yeah. frame, them deer around me because I hunt such pressured property, them suckers go into holes, man. Well, I feel like this is a really difficult time for anybody to hunt because post rut deer back feeding, putting on you know calories and, and body weight, and gun season comes in. And you have five times the amount of hunters in the area and they have shots going off and people are sighting in their guns from Thanksgiving through that Monday, it seems like. So there's a lot of extra just 
you know, noise. There's a lot more people in the woods. It, it's tough. Yeah. No, it's very tough. It's really tough. It's very tough. And, you know, I hope somebody out there listening can at least relate maybe a little bit to my mm-hmm. story. And uh, I hope it helps somebody out there to just keep grinding and don't give up because I'm not going to give up. You know, I still got a lot of time left. Mm-hmm. got a lot of season left. You know, I'd really like a crack at honey. I'd really like a crack at honey. Well, I mean, we got a month, month and a half yeah. of deer season left. Yeah. Yeah, more, a little bit more. more, more a few months. That, yeah. So, I mean, I'm a weekend warrior. You know, I, we don't do this for a living. As you guys know, we, heck, I'm going to work tonight because we started up a jobs, job and I got to be at the job site for 12 hours tonight and try to sleep a little bit tomorrow maybe go out for gun season i'm not sure but mm-hmm. but yeah i mean that's the story that's the story of whiskers and how i botched it and uh yeah well i think that telling stories like this um normalizes people with everybody else just because we have a platform of social media uh, the podcast youtube like that doesn't mean that bad stuff doesn't happen no. or mistakes aren't made or, you know, deer missed or anything like that. Like a lot of people on social media don't show any of that stuff. And like you almost put that person up on like a pedestal, like, Oh dude, they only shoot one fifties or better. You know, yeah. they get all these deer on camera. They shoot a deer every year. It's not the case. No, no. And I, I do want to talk about something real quick. I, and this is on a spiritual level. And I hope that you guys do stick around for this part of the podcast, because this truly means a lot to me. I have been working a lot on my spiritual relationship with with God, and I feel like it's been at a very good place uh, for the last couple months. And it always gets better during deer season because I always seem like I pray more in the tree and I just talk to God more. It's like mm-hmm. it's being in the tree is truly my church. And I, I hate to sound like that because I should want to go to church, but a lot of times I get more out of the tree talking one-on-one with God than I do at a Sunday service. Mm-hmm. And I it's wrong of me to say that. I know it is, but that's just it's just what it is. But it's more of a connection with you and God than It's our time yes. to talk, you know. And I'm not one to like I'm not a big uh large group kind of I'm not a big small groups fan. Like I just don't like sharing my experiences with people that and it's wrong of me. And here I am talking on a podcast right. telling everybody, but it's just you and I talking right, right. now, Kev. It's not, if there was 200 people in this room, I'd, I'd be really uncomfortable. Yeah. And uh, I just want to talk about this because a lot of people think that, you know, why does, why does bad things happen to good people? You know, and a lot of people think like, you know, it shouldn't be that case. And I'm not saying that I'm a good person by all means. I'm... I'm a sinner saved by by uh, mm-hmm. God's grace, and but I do want to mention this. I for the, for for a long time, I really wasn't walking the narrow path. Kind of thought I was, but really wasn't wasn't like backing it up. You know, I was talking the talk, but I wasn't walking the walk. Mm-hmm. Well, I started to walk the walk, and I felt like I was really getting into it, like reading the Bible a lot. Um, I do I do a lot of driving for work, so I just turn on like the Bible on the Bible app and just listen to it mm-hmm. on the Bluetooth and just a couple chapters a day. Pray about stuff like just open up a random book and be like, "Tell me what you want me to tell you know to or talk to me with however you want to today." And I just scroll through a random book and start playing it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like 
I felt I felt God's presence a lot this year. And I felt like I had I felt like I had him in my corner. You know, like I felt like we're 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 tight. Mm-hmm. We're doing good right now. I was doing better as a husband. I was starting to prioritize stuff. As much as I was hunting, there's a lot of stuff that people don't see that I was doing in the back background, yeah. making it right. You know, spending more time with my wife, doing stuff around the house, like just trying to be a better godly man, mm-hmm. being a better spiritual leader for her. And <laughs> it it hurt when I missed that deer. It really hurt because I felt like at first I was like, why? But then, like I said, like when I was telling the story the first time on the podcast, I said I felt this peace. Mm-hmm. I really did. I missed that deer. And like I said, I, this is true. This is very true. In the past, my bow would have been chucked out of the tree. I would have, every curse word you've ever heard, I mean, I would have, I mean, that deer would have known that I was mm-hmm. there. And uh, I felt this peace. I just have to trust this process. And it's hard. It is hard. And the only reason why I'm telling this is because it, if you're out there doing the right thing and you're grinding, you constantly feel like, Man, I just can't get a break. Well, I'm there with you, with you there, buddy. Because I feel like I feel like I've been doing so well spiritually and trying to do the right thing. And yes, I'm still making mistakes, but like I've just I felt like I've been trying to do the right yeah. thing, making a really strong effort. And you almost feel like, well, he's got to reward me now because like, you know, I'm just gonna tell. I'm just. But, you know, got Kevin a deer, got Black a deer, mm-hmm. like left honey for a week in October to go film you guys in Indiana, like spending more time with the wife, like really trying to like helping out my mom and dad whenever I can, like mm-hmm. just like really trying to be, you know, reading the reading scripture, just trying to be a good person. And the whole time, like people were telling me like, oh, you know, karma comes around, buddy. Like you're going to kill a giant this year. Like just keep on working. And I've had multiple people tell me that and Sometimes it's just not the case. Yeah. You know, wouldn't trade anything for the world. Like loved Indiana, loved the experience with you and black in the tree. But like, you know, you would, you would think as a human being, you think like, well, sooner or later it's going to come around and you're going to get rewarded. Yeah. Like you put in enough good work, you're going to get the reward at the end of it. Yep. And, uh, I can promise you guys, I wasn't rewarded. If anything, I was humbled, maybe knocked down a pedestal or two. And uh, I just want to talk about, like, hunting is one of them things where you are rewarded for hard work, but ultimately you are not rewarded for hard work. I was going to say the same thing. Like, you can put in all the time in the world running cameras, managing your property, shooting your bow, any kind of work that is related to hunting. You can be doing it more than, you can be doing it 50 times more than than your buddies and they could shoot deer oh, yeah. and you might not. I think like I heard it one time on a podcast, hunting is the one thing like sports wise that you can put in the amount of work and effort and everything and not be at the top of the game. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And you know, we could, we could break it down. Like, you know, there's thousands of different reasons why or why not you don't kill. And mm-hmm. all those thousands of reasons have to line up and the Mm -hmm. stars have to align and as much as i hate to admit it because i'm not one of like i don't believe in like luck i want to make my own luck yeah but as much as i want to hate to admit it there is a sense of luck yeah 
And there has to be a God sent because that wild animal has to do something that you want him to do at the exact moment you want him yep. to do it. You guys have to cross paths at some point in time to make it happen within and, a certain range. And that's not easy. No. Especially when you're dealing with, you know, I, I've had I've had this conversation with lots of people like, why haven't you killed honey? Why? Well, it's because there's 10 other dudes hunting the same property. Yeah. What do you mean there's 10 other people? You don't... Yes, I don't have that property to myself. There is not a property that I hunt that is by myself. Yeah. Like... Well, you went out after gun season here, what was it, Monday? <laughs> and yeah. And you got permission from a guy to, to gun hunt, which normally you don't have gun hunting permission. No. And he's like, yeah, go for it. Nobody else should be there. And the exact, like, 30-yard strip of trees you wanted to be in, there was, there, was a there was a dude in there. And, yeah, it was for honey, I'll be honest. Like, I... I had this gut feeling. I went to work. Just quick, quick sub story. Went to work, packed my gun, my orange, and my work van, and I'm just like, you never know. Mm-hmm. You could be driving home, see a giant out in the field swinging. Hey, uh, you know, you care if I go shoot this deer? And like, you never know. Right. It's not going to hurt. And it's like, I'd rather have my gun and my orange in the truck than not have it in the truck. So I was coming home, and something just told me to like text the landowner and just, hey. What, what's he going to say? No. Mm-hmm. You already don't have permission to... I mean, it's already a no. Right. So I hit him up and pleaded, basically, and yeah, yeah, go for it. Nobody's out there. You'll be all right. Pull in, talk to the landowner, thanked him. And I just start walking down the path, kind of walk back into the back. And I had about... Oh, I mean, it's big. It's a long ways away, maybe 900 yards. I see an orange dot sitting in basically where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I had, I went from extreme high to like, Hey man, maybe it's my time to, you know, got kicked in Another the kick. Yeah. Kick in the butt again. So I went and saw it, sat somewhere else and didn't see a single deer, but, uh, yeah, just keep grinding out there guys. Um, that's all I can say. Uh, just keep grinding, keep working on your relationship with Christ. Um, you know, and if that's something that you're not comfortable with or like maybe new to, just start out with having a conversation with them in the tree while you're hunting. Mm-hmm. Just, hey, God, you know, let's talk. And yeah. I promise you, if it's meant to be, he'll talk to you. And you'll you'll know. And um, I just got to keep working. I got to better myself. And I got to, I just got to keep, keep going and keep trying. And there's lots of room for improvement spiritually and mentally. Well, that's for everybody, though. And uh, <clears throat> I should have handled it maybe a little bit better. But um, yeah, I, I'm I was struggling real hard after I missed that deer. I'm still struggling. I have it's like PTSD, dude. I swear. Like I have, I got almost anxious the last time I went in there mm-hmm. because I thought like, why? You know, like yeah. I got sick to my stomach thinking like you could have been done. Twenty five yards, man. I've never knock on wood. I've I don't miss twenty five yard yeah. shots, and it's like. Man, I obviously do. <laughs> but you learned from it. You went to the range that night. You, uh, I didn't even tell that. Yeah, you made the the release colder, which would be more pressure on it for it to go off, um, so that you could put more pressure on it if your hands are cold this year. Yeah. And so yeah. you you did something to correct, you know that that hot release. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing too. I'm glad you bring that up, Kev. Like, don't you make a mistake in the woods? Don't go and pout. Don't blame yourself. Don't. Or, right. I mean, obviously blame yourself, but don't. Don't blame something else and just pout and go home. Learn from it. Learn from it. Yeah. First thing I did was I went to the range. Mm -hmm. 
I shot for like two hours. And I just kept shooting and shooting and shooting. And I'm like, I got to get this thing where it's a lot harder to press before mm-hmm. it goes off. Because what happened was, I guess I never really explained it. And most people listening to this are probably probably understand what happened. But my thumb was so numb that I felt the trigger or the barrel of the thumb release. And I felt like I was barely touching it. But because my hand was so numb... By the time I gained feeling, I was probably 75% committed, and I mm-hmm. thought I was at 0%. And that little bit of movement from taking my bow arm and trying to pick it up put a little bit more pressure on my backhand, mm-hmm. almost like shooting like back a, tension. Yeah. So what happened was as I was bringing it up, it changed the angle of my, my string, which changed the angle and the pressure back here, and boonk, it went off. Yeah. And I, oh, Dude, I, all on film, self-filming, like, just a, just a hammer, dude. <laughs> oh, I think he would have been my second biggest buck kill. Yeah. I really do. And he, just a hammer. That is tough. But I think somebody, somebody messaged me on something somewhere, texted me or something and said, hey, you know, can't kill honey if you're shooting other deer. Yeah, and yep. man, that ain't that the truth. But hopefully late season I can kill him, but, man, it's going to get tough. Well, it's going to get tough, but it's going to be a lot – well, I shouldn't say a lot less pressure. There's going to be least – I don't know how to – No, nobody's – There's not going to be as much pressure. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people will shoot a buck during gun season just to fill a tag. A lot of people won't come out because it's cold late season. Um so yeah, after gun season in Ohio, at least because we have a later gun season, there's one more gun season where people might come out for the weekend. Yep. But normally that weekend gun season's all fully extremely cold because it's middle of December, and then there's a muzzleloader season in late or in January, the, the end of December, early but January. After not that. a lot of people have a smoke pole, and not a lot of people hunt after the first. No, gun season. they'll leave the bow hanging up after yep. gun season. After gun season, they're like, "Yep, it's I'm done." Yep. So I'll be out there freezing. You'll be able to get it done. <laughs> or not. You know, and well, it's okay. If I don't kill, it's okay. I mean, I want to kill really yeah, bad. Yeah. Really bad. But maybe God's wanting to teach me some patience. Yeah. You just can't let that determine your season, whether you fill a tag being successful or not. You know, you can learn stuff and still have a tag in your pocket at the end of the year. Yeah. I know I haven't filled a tag in many years. Like... And I learned stuff and gained from it. And, yep. you know, this year I'm just... This year you got two of them. I was just very blessed. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, so. I, I love it. Well, Kevy, I got to go to work. And we probably talked way too much about my whiskers experience. <laughs> but, you know, I get when I start talking. It's all right. It's relatable. I got to get to work. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. You can always be born again. Born again is out. Peace.